Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today we have Punts. How are you guys? And Eve Dog from the Essendon board. Hello again. Now we're coming off a... Look, I'm pretty happy with the 22 point win over Essendon. Uh, Eve Dog, what were your thoughts on the game? Oh, it was a good game, I thought. Uh, in the first half, you guys really shut our run down, our outside run. It, we, I think you had two, 50 or 60 more uncontested possessions than us in the first half, which is very unlike us. And in the second half, it, it was a game of just really bad mistakes when we had momentum. Uh, yeah, I thought Heppel and Hurley were our best, and for you guys, I was really impressed with Parker as usual, and uh, yeah, Pike killed us in the hitouts. Yeah, it was actually interesting. I was actually going to mention that. Like, we've blasted Pike on a few occasions this year. Especially when he's generally gone up against athletic Ruckman, he's really been showing the struggle. But he did pretty good on Ryder on the weekend. Ryder was a danger for us when he went up forward. He just had a little bit too much toe for Richards. But Pike was good on the weekend. He had a fair few hitouts to advantage, and he provided a contest all over the ground, and his tackling was back. Not to mention, he plucked a couple of contested marks. I was really happy with the game. For me, the standouts were, I do want to give another, for the third week running, a special mention to Gary Rowan. He's really looking at home in the back line, and he did a brilliant job coming out of defense on the weekend and laying a few spoils and a few nice tackles, and it's always good to see Gaz get a goal. Rampiels, once again, I think he might actually be, compared to last year, he might be our most improved player. I know Punty blasted him a little for his disposal efficiency when over the preseason. But he seems to have really sorted that out now. I'm really happy with how he's developing. The um, player I do want to give a massive shout-out to, Grundy and Parker. They were both brilliant on the weekend. Um, Vaughn actually got the bet about Vaughn's sure thing about Carlisle, only one goal. Well, well yeah. done to Grundy. I think he deserved, from my opinion, he was best on ground. He shut down Carlisle, won a fair few one-on-one matchups, and took seven marks, gave a... Had 22 disposals, a lot of them coming out as defensive 50 with 77% efficiency. And Luke Parker was the man who really stood up for us in the midfield on the weekend. He may have had a few clangers, but 18 contested disposals, half a dozen tackles. He set up a few goals. He had a, he kicked a few behinds, but he was still getting inside 50 and plucking a few marks around the ground. He's really stepped it up for us recently, and in the last month, he's been our best midfielder, and that includes Kennedy or McGlynn. Parker's really, is probably close to the first name picked on our selection sheet at the moment. Now, Punts, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, I thought we started off pretty well. Um, 
first quarter. I thought McVeigh set the set the tone. A couple of couple of crucial moments on Hebel that he uh, obviously that goal he got us started off. I thought he played well in the first quarter. Um, as you guys have mentioned, Grundy was probably one of the best on ground, stopping Carlisle. I know everybody said the last two weeks Carlisle hasn't had a decent defender in Maxwell and. He also he had Roughhead, which isn't a bad defender um, at the Bulldogs, but um, you know he's, he has played very well, Carlisle, the last two weeks, and um, for Grundy to shut him down the way he did was was um, was really good. I thought actually Ted would have got Carlisle, but um, they gave um, you know, the big job to Grundy, and Grundy stood up and um, yeah, he did a really really good job. And uh, as you guys mentioned, Parker again inside, his inside work was just phenomenal again. Geez, when he come off that um, centre half forward, half forward mark, and he went flying in the air, I was um, crossed my fingers. Nothing was wrong with him because he got hit pretty hard and he got straight back up. He, obviously, he's just a tough, tough bastard. Um, I thought the defence as a whole, everyone just worked incredibly well um, that night. We shut him down big time. We caused him to kick it long. Um, obviously, um, Ryder had, a, as you said, had a bit of toe for for Richards, but. That's expected. Um, Ryder's a bit of a freak, I think. I think he's one of the best ruckmen in the comp at the moment. Um, uh, what else? I thought Malcheski was better this week with 27 off the half back. Um, Gary Rowan again for his you know third weeks. Um, just uh, just looks like he's, every week he's getting or he is he's getting better every week. Couple of crucial spoils. Um, I reckon as soon as he can get his confidence and. And that going up even more, he'll become even more attacking, which is which is good for us because um, you know uh, just doesn't mean you're just going to have a defender sitting there spawn. You're going to also have another defender attacking, so it gives us more of an avenue. He went into the forward line the last quarter as well, so you can always flick Gary around that way. Um, the midfield, I thought, wasn't wasn't great again. I think we got we got smashed in the clearances again, um, which is a bit of an issue. Uh, um, for me, just considering we got well and truly beaten from three-quarter time onwards last week against the Hawks, and you know that pretty much decided the game. So I still think it's a it's a it's a massive issue at the moment. It has to be rectified. Um, I know Pike had 49 hitouts. Uh, not so many would have, to advantage in my book. There was a lot of times that I thought he thought that Heppel was on our team. Um, hit it straight down to Heppel a couple of times. Um, besides that, he's like he was getting his contested mark and going again, um, kicked a goal. So um, his game was 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 really good overall. Um, Goodsy stepped up and done a couple of things, which was also good. And um, it was good to see Tipper get through the game too. And hopefully he can get some um, game time under his belt because I think um, he's pretty unfit at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, um, Essendon did a pretty good job on Tippett on the weekend, but he still had his chances. I mean, he kicked two goals and. Missed a couple of pretty easy set shots. So shots that are kickable by his standards generally, even if he is a bit of a 50-50 toss-up of the coin whether he's going to kick it from anywhere on the ground. Um, the player who I was a little bit worried about is lack of form on the weekend was Sam Reid. Two yep. weeks in a row he hasn't been really brilliant around the ground, so I think he'll need to pick it up a little bit for the Port Adelaide game. Really hope he isn't struggling with that hip injury at the moment, but it seems like it may have been affecting him a little on the ground. Yeah, I um, mentioned that. Oh, you go. No, you're okay. Go for it. Uh, Hurley was Hurley was Reed's direct opponent, and he was probably best on ground for Essendon. So yep. I'll throw that out there. Sam Reed had 
which probably worst on ground uh, for Sydney, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely Hurley's, probably the Hurley's best game I've ever seen him play, to be honest with you. Um, I know he, he cops it a bit, Hurley. Um, he needs he to get a freaking haircut. He was taken pretty with. low in the, in the draft. But, um, no, he was definitely the best on for them by absolute country mile on the weekend. Probably him and Heppel, I'd presume, um, will get, we'll get in the best for them. But he absolutely gave Reed an absolutely spanking. That was a, just a plain old spanking that he gave Reed. He even pushed forward and kicked a goal. So, as you said, Bonds, Reed has to... Reed has to step it up because getting nine possessions, playing forward with, you know, Tippett. I know Buddy didn't play, but he's just got to do more. You just you can't just run around and get nine possessions a game um, when you've got two other forwards that are, t- that are demanding the number one and two to forward, and you're getting the third. Well, you didn't spend just... the entire game up forward. He was helping out in defence at times, especially in the second quarter. But yeah, it's a little bit worrying. Like I know he goes down loose man. And in defence and does you know gets a couple of spoils in sometimes, but even as even as this, you know the seventh defender down there is a loose man, he should um, be finding a bit ball. of run. You know what I mean? Providing that you know option with a bit of run out of the back line as well. Um, yeah, I don't know where he's at at the moment. I know he does. He did a little bit of ruck work as well, but I don't know. I think he might be injured, to... but we'll see if um hopefully another week and maybe a light mm. week on the training track will help him out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to put this forward. Ted Richards came to Essendon as a forward. I'm not sure how he was in the weeks prior, but he struggled a bit last week. Maybe switch Richards with Reed for a week or two. That could solve Reed's issues. And um, Richards... Is actually a pretty good t- forward t- from what I can recall. I can't even remember the last time Richards was thrown up forward. I think it would have been 2008. <laughs> Maze, it was that game where he got knocked out against yeah, Carlton. Yeah. Where he had a couple I, of broken ribs. That would have been 2008 or nine, maybe. Um, look, uh, Richards is still probably our main defender at the moment. I know Grundy took Carlisle on the weekend, but... Most weeks, Richards is taking the first defender. I think Reed will be um, better suited as that loose defender coming in over the top. He just needs to get maybe a little bit more confidence. Maybe just play him in the one position next week and stop moving him all around the ground. Wouldn't be the worst idea to have him as the loose defender against Port Adelaide. They've got a couple of real dangerous matchups, so we'll need him to come across and help out Grundy and Richards. Now... On the weekend, both me and Punts actually watched the reserves um, against the Brisbane Lions reserves. So it was an interesting match. Punts, you want to take us away on that one? Yeah, it was an interesting match. It wasn't. Um, it was close. It was a little bit scrappy, scrappy at times. I was um, impressed with. Um, I know we, we spoke about it on the board, but uh, Hewitt, I think he had uh, he had thirty play, thirty or thirty plus possessions and kicked two goals and. Probably should have had three, which he, you know, he kicked one from the boundary. That would have been a decent old goal. But um, yeah, he was he was awesome inside and out. Um, he can just play dual positions. Like he can he can play he can play as an insider, he can play as an outsider, and he's just got a he sidestep in between. You know, in, in traffic, it's just awesome. He just um, it's really interesting. Like he was a very very good he was a very very good footballer actually when he was coming through um 
at under-18s level as an underage player, and we got him in the second round of the draft. But I remember watching him play for South Australia last year and thought he was all right, but he's really stepped it up another level, especially in the second half of this year. That As you're speaking, that sidestep he has through traffic is almost Pendlebury-like. He, he seems to find time when there is none, and he's so composed with the ball. I don't remember many of his disposals on the weekend, and he had a lot of them missing a target. No, he can kick dual side too. He can kick left, right. Um, same with handballs. He's, he's, he's one of the players that um, you couldn't tell. He's like, sort of like Sam Mitchell. You couldn't tell the difference between their left and right, um, which is another good asset to his game. But as you said, he's just his sidestep in traffic is, is unreal. And um, he's probably a, a bit taller than people you know think as well. Like He's 186, 87 centimetres, which is quite a big... big these days, you know, that, that that what everyone's sort of going at for that size midfielder. And to move like that is, um, you know, I think he'll be pushing for senior selection next year if he can if he can keep that up. I was also impressed with Biggs again, oh. um, obviously off the half-back. He's, he's far too good for that league, in my opinion. Um, he just does it week in, week out off the half-back flank and never what really hardly su- misses the top. What really surprised me about Biggs was how willing he is to actually get up the ground and help out. He's really good at like zoning off and intercepting that just yep. kick outside of um, defensive fifty by the opposition. I think like I counted him taking nearly seven or eight um, interception marks on the weekend, and for someone that height, it's incredible the way he reads the ball, and yeah. he can bloody use it as well. Yeah, exactly right. I really um, don't want to lose him next year. He'll be a loss. No, I thought Dick was also good off the halfback. He played a good game off the halfback, and um. Another mention, probably Tommy Walsh. I know he cops a bit of flack on here, but um, he played really well at centre back on the weekend, and I think he had 21 possessions and nine rebounds. So he's also, you know, considering he cops, he does cop a bit of flack on here. He's he, he's playing well. Uh, like that being you know, said about Tommy Walsh, Brisbane, Grundy or Richards. That being said, at the same time about um Tommy Walsh, Brisbane don't exactly have many reserves in their forward, uh, many forward line forwards in their reserves at the moment. They Struggling for forwards at senior level. Yeah, no, nah, true, but he, it's not the first week he's been naming the best. He was naming the best two weeks ago, um, back-to-back, so he's playing quite good uh, football. If if touch wood, anything was happened to uh, um, Teddy Richards or, or, or Grundy, he'd be well ahead of um, anybody else in the twos because LRT wouldn't get a game. Not form. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that's a massive talking point coming out of reserves. Um LRT really looks like he's dropped off a cliff. Like, he wouldn't be anywhere near senior selection at the moment. If we're no, playing LRT, no. we'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yep. The other um, player who surprised me, I know there's been a fair bit of talk about him wanting to play on a different club and everything next year, but Ryan O'Keefe wasn't brilliant on the weekend. No, he he no, found no, a bit of the ball, so. but he didn't use it well enough. He um, coughed up a few easy shots inside Ford 50, and... Yeah, he just looks out of pace. It looks like yeah, Neville yeah, is too to fast for him, which is sad. Well, that's cause... like a, a, a lot of people on here, I know, I'm not saying I'm no expert, but a lot of people on here say, oh, Ryan O'Keefe got 35 possessions on the weekend. Why isn't he in the seniors? They didn't watch the game. Well, that's exactly the reason why. It's because he just, he's just he been turning over the ball a lot. I, I don't know if you noticed on the weekend, he got caught holding the ball probably two or three times. I've actually um, counted five times he's been yeah, caught holding the ball. Five different occasions. Yeah, he got caught. Yeah, 
he got caught holding the ball. I think he kicked it out in the full a couple of times. There's a couple of times where he marked it inside a forward 50 and tried playing on, and it just didn't come off. Um, the only real thing, but. the only thing I really remember Ryan Nekev pulling off on the weekend was that spoil in the first quarter to set up a goal. That was it. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if he does get picked up um, next year, but I can see where the Swans, um, how unfortunate it is. I can see why the Swans have gone down the path of not playing O'Keefe and playing Lloyd and these kids in front of him. Speaking the kids coming through, Which is we a shame. two academy youngsters, um, really, or one academy and one father-son selection, um, who caught my eye on the weekend. We had Hiscox in number, the number 51 jumper. He looked... Really in place at Neville level, actually. He, I was really impressed with his game. He was, He's a strong boy around the stoppages. And, yeah, I think he'll be a real surprise packet. I know everyone's talking about Heaney. They're talking about Mills. We're talking about Dunkley. But Hiscox doesn't look out of place in this one's jumper. I reckon he'll get drafted by us eventually. Yeah, I'd have to agree. He's a, he's a little jet. Apparently, uh well, as you know, you've seen his pace. He's really quick, and um, I'm pretty sure he's got a really good endurance base as well, I've heard. Um, he's a really good runner. So, um, as you said, hopefully uh, the Swans pick him up. Um, Eddie cracks the shits, whatever. You know what I mean? Doesn't bother me. And the other one who caught my eye was Kelly's kid. 16 years old. Um, He didn't get a huge amount of the ball, but he was hard at it like his father, and... Shows a bit of potential and some talent. How much of the ball did he get punts? I uh, didn't. I um, don't know. Don't know his stats, but as you said, he was hard at it. As you said, like his old man. Um, you were imp- you were pretty impressed when you got to the ground. You got to have a photo with his dad. Oh yeah, couldn't um, believe it. But, Paul uh, Kelly just standing around, JD. <laughs> no, yep. um, look. Kelly's kid, for a 16-year-old, playing in a senior game, he really wasn't overawed by the occasion, and it wouldn't. he's someone we're going to have to keep a note on. Um, he hasn't really been talked high in draft calculations for the draft in two years' time recently, but if he keeps putting in performances like the weekend, he's going to be up there, I think. He might be shaping as a second-round selection at this point in time, which is... so You can never have too many Kellys in a squad, can't you? Nah, true, true. Um, you know, if he's half as good as his old man, they should pick him up. <laughs> if he's half as good as his old man, he'll be worth a top five selection. True. Now, we may as well go on to the next game. We've got a pretty important match next week. I think if we win against Port Adelaide, we're going to be confirming a top two selection. How yeah, do you see the game ready. running out, guys? Yeah. Well, Sorry? Uh, EDH dog from an outsider's selection um, or perspective. How do you see the game against Port Adelaide running out? Ooh, it's a it's a really tough one. Yeah, uh, I think Port are better than their, their current form, and they're the type of side that coming off a, a heartbreaking loss to Collingwood, they're the type of side that would get up for a side like Sydney. Uh, I think if Hanabry's back... Uh, yeah, Hanabry's got... back this week. Yeah, he's um, okay. come out and said Since in the media. Back, uh, he's, uh, he can match uh, the running power of uh, most 
quotes from the Port Adelaide midfielders, which uh, which will be really important late. Uh, and Buddy and your forward line's really good, and honestly, I think Swans should win with. Yeah, I think this one's have it all with those two back, and yeah, I have. I said it's a really good game. Um, from an Essendon perspective, obviously you saw how we played against you on the weekend. Can you see anything you think we'd have to really drastically improve to beat Port Adelaide? Not the way they're playing. No, if they play to their form. I think I think you need to deliver inside fifty a lot better because you were the entries from both sides were poor in my opinion, but that's probably due to both teams being top three in the league for defence and to their ability to force. Uh, their opponents to have poor entries. Uh, I think that's the main area you need to work on. Okay, Punts, how do you see the game against Port Adelaide turning out? Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Port obviously lost today, so they're going to be trying to bounce back again like they have the last um, four or five weeks. I know they just got over the line against Melbourne, but they've been on a bit of a bit of a back step. Um, the last four or five weeks, so I think they'll be trying to bounce back this week. Um, obviously, Collingwood shut down their corridor use, and they just, um, I know uh, lately they've been talking about Port Adelaide going sideways, sideways. That's what it looks like. Um, they, in the back line, they're going back and forwards, back and forwards. So if we can if we can do what pretty much Collingwood did today and, and press up on them and um, make them go sideways instead of going through the corridor and that rebound footy they like to play, I think we'll... Um, We'll get over the line. Obviously, um, at the SCG, I think their midfield gave us a little bit of a spanking that day. Um, Ebert, I think, might have had 40. Um, uh, I think Gray had 35. So we've got to stop. We've got to stop that. Um, again, oh, we have to stop it this week. Um, bit of outside run they might get us with. I don't know if Matty White's in or not, but um, I'm not too worried about their forward line. Schultz is. You know, have a really good player. Um, I think Teddy can handle him. I know he think he kicked three or four at the SCG um, uh, earlier on, but I think Teddy can get the job get the job on him. And Grundy will go to Westhoff, which is an interesting matchup. Westhoff's got a little bit of pace, but I think Grundy can hold his own. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think we'll win. Um, I think we'll win this week. I don't think it'll be by a hell of a lot, but. Um, if the midfield can get up and going and, and get the uh, get first use of the ball going forward, I think um, Carlisle and Trent Grove will be under a lot of pressure with Buddy and um, with with Buddy and Tippett. And if we can get one out with Carlisle, like Collingwood did today with Cloak, I think he can he can expose him. But um, whether we can or not is another story. It's going to be a tough match. Like, mm. look. If we play like how we played against Port Adelaide the SCG earlier in the year, and if Port Adelaide step up, I think we're going to struggle to win at Adelaide Oval. That yep. being said, Port haven't been in great form, and I really wasn't impressed with 
their performance on the weekend against Collingwood, obviously. Like, it just seemed like they almost seemed rushed in disposal when they were trying to actually go up the ground. Now, forced chip sidewards just to try and create an opening and that really allowed Collingwood to get back in the contest. I don't know how many goals Collingwood got off direct turnovers, but it would have been at least half their score. Yeah, well, Collingwood, as I said, and uh, they've been saying now since the midway point that a lot of uh, teams have worked out Port and every team sort of really pushing up on them, really pushing up to the contest, really pushing up to their, their, their half-back line and they're, they're creating them to go sideways and chip it sideways here and there and not use the corridor because their asset is, is, is pretty much like Geelong, just going through the corridor and that real rebound um, rebound footy and leaving the forward 50 open. But, you know, you try and press up for them and put a lot of pressure on their ball carriers like Pittard and, and Stewart and that. And if you get them, you know, double, double guessing, um, they, they turn over the ball. It also helps out that they've got a few players that just aren't quite in the form that they were in when we played them last time. Like, Wingard looks like half the player he was earlier in the year. I think he's tiring out in the second season. Schultz hasn't been in brilliant form recently either, and he gave us a bit of trouble earlier in the year. Then you've got to look at Polek hasn't been brilliant recently. I know he got 22 disposals, but he wasn't exactly very effective, and he couldn't get much run today. Robbie Gray wasn't great either. Like, if we can keep these players quiet, then I'm confident about getting a result. Especially yeah. in that we're going to be getting both Hanabry and Buddy back on the weekend. Like, this is going to be the strongest team we've played all year. Besides Alex Johnson, I don't think we can have a stronger team. No, no I agree with that. Besides Alex Johnson, there wouldn't be a stronger team at the... A stronger team at the moment, but even with Alex Johnson was about, well, who would you drop at the moment? You know what I mean? Um, Rampy's playing so good, and Rowan, and not really like-for-like like position, so um, I love Alex Johnson, but he would would have been in the side, I presume. But um, I think the other player we may have to bring in this weekend is Laidlock. There's going to be a match-up for him. No, nah, I, I disagree with that. I don't think there will be a match-up for Laidlock this week. Yeah. Oh, I think he's too slow. I think well, if they've got Westhoff up forward, they've got Schultz, and then they start resting a lob or something, we're going to need a third defender. A lob? They're going to rest the lob, and, and who's going to go in the ruck? Yeah. Maybe. Who's going to go in the ruck while he's resting forward? Ebert. Yeah, good point, actually. I'd they don't that that play two, four, um, two, uh, two tall forwards. You don't at the moment. Laidler's fighting with with um with Rowan. They're playing the exact same position. Um, Laidler's people say Laidler was playing on tools. I don't think I've seen him on many tools at all this year. He's always been taking the smaller, medium-sized players, and that's pretty much what Gary Rowan's done since he's come in. And I just like me, the way that Laidler can actually read the ball and get in front of tools. That's the issue. Like yeah, they said. I think, Longmire did say on the weekend the only reason he wasn't played was because we didn't really have a matchup for him. I think in Longmire's eyes, he's probably best 22. Nah, I'd have to disagree with that. I don't think he is. Otherwise, he'd be playing on the weekend. Why stuff around with the back six or seven if, if he's in the best 22? Okay, fair enough. We'll see. Who do you reckon the ins and outs will be? Um, oh, obviously, Hanbury and Buddy come in for Towers and um, Membray, which I'm a little bit spewing about Membray. But at the moment... Um, with the forward line the way it's going, he probably really doesn't have a spot up there if Buddy comes back in, which is a little bit disappointing because I think he worked his ass off on the on the weekend and ran to a lot of the right spots and got ignored 
probably at least um, four or five times. And if that was an Adam Goods leading up, they would have kicked it to him. So I was a little bit disappointed with um, with that. But um, as you say, he's, he's behind Adam Goods. He's behind Sam Reid. He's behind Kurt Tippett. He's behind Buddy Franklin. So, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, but it'd have to be Towers and Membray in for um, Buddy and... Uh, Hanabry and probably Lloyd goes back to being the sub, which I think I think it really suits Lloyd. Yeah, actually, I was really impressed with Lloyd on the weekend as the sub, eight disposals. Um, I think Longmire, he'll play sub again this week, but I think Longmire might be wary about having Lloyd play three or more weeks in a row as the sub, especially as he'll probably need game time. Mm. And But that being said, he seems to have a nice little spot in the team at the moment, so... Hopefully he keeps it. Definitely. Now, we may as well go for tips, sure things, and worst nightmares for the weekend. If dog. Uh, tips? I think uh, Sydney will win by a similar margin to last time, maybe seven points. I think a sure thing is that Essendon will bounce back hard against Richmond because, quite frankly, we won't kick it as badly and have our run shut down as well for the rest of the year because we don't play your Fremantle again. And worst nightmare... I actually have oh, Paddy Ryder goes down with an injury because if he does, we are screwed. And suddenly like that, we become the Essendon Board Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, puns, your tip, sure thing and worst nightmare? Um, I think we'll get it up by three, three goals if the midfield turns up. Um, my sure thing is... Um, I think Buddy will, will touch him up again like he did uh, earlier in the year. I think he'll be uh, he'll be back with um, with uh, with five, go- five goals for um, and worst nightmare is to get spanked in the clearances again and get beaten and an injury to a key player at this time of year. Okay, my short thing is for us to never have another bet online on the podcast again. Like, whose idea was well, it? was Vaughn's idea to say how many goals Buddy will kick last week, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're never allowing Vaughn to make a bet again. Um, in all seriousness, sure thing, I think Goods will kick three goals as a leading up forward against Port Adelaide, the third option. My worst nightmare is for Port Adelaide to outrun us in the last quarter again when they're coming off a six-day break versus an eight-day break. That would be a bit of a disaster. And my tip for the weekend will be the Swans by eight points. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast, sponsored by Essendon. (laughs) Thank you for listening and have a great night.